The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, let me ask you a little bit of a personal question. How's your love life these days? Do you need some good sex tips to keep things hot in the boudoir? Need to spice it up so you get more of that hibbity dibbity. Well, then you got to pay close attention to today's talk is Jericho. I've got Dr. Emily Morse. She's a sex therapist, a sexologist, and host of one of my favorite podcasts, Sex with Emily, right here at Podcast One. And she's sharing lots of great information. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pod of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. Nokia, Nokia, no, no, Nokia, 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 no, no, Nokia. So happy, so happy, so happy, so happy. Nokia, Nokia, no, no, Nokia. All right, a little bit of club music there as we get into Talk is Jericho today with my guest, Dr. Emily Morse from Sex with Emily podcast and the website. She's here to help you turn it up in the bedroom. She's talking threesomes, orgasms, and faking it, whether or not size really matters, and sharing some of her favorite sex toys. She is all about it. She's a much a cuter version of Dr. Ruth Westheimer. She's the modern day uh, sexologist that can help you get things heated up in the bedroom. Very, very cool. Lots of uh, lots of fun with Emily. She's a very cool guest. And uh, yeah, man, what a crazy week it's been. We're getting ready down to the nittiest of grittiest on Tough Enough. We'll analyze the final four on Tough Enough. On Friday, when we have the final four from Tough Enough uh, joining us here on Talk is Jericho. Um, very exciting. They're going to be spending the weekend in New York City at the NXT TakeOver, which is sold out at the Barclays Center. Then Sunday, SummerSlam, which is sold out at the Barclays Center. And then Monday for Raw, which is sold out at the Barclays Center. Man, do a sense of pattern here. It seems like uh, WWE could put up a, a, a polka uh, uh, competition in the Barclays Center. It would sell out. Maybe we should do that. Polka competition on Sun uh, Thursday at the Barclays Center. Sold out. <clears throat> All right. 
One of the biggest matches in SummerSlam this weekend is Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker, who is coming back for the first time in years, having uh, more than one match uh, in, in a year. He usually just comes back for WrestleMania. Now he's coming back for SummerSlam. Undertaker looks great last night on Raw, had a great segment. Every segment that he's in is the best on the show. And it's funny, you always get the uh, haters, haters gonna hate, that are saying, you know, why doesn't Undertaker retire? We want to see younger guys and... Listen, I hope Undertaker never retires because I don't care how old he is. He could be 40, he could be 50, he could be 60. He's still the Undertaker, which is, I believe, in my opinion, the greatest gimmick that Vince McMahon ever created uh, for the WWE. And, of course, the reason for that is because uh, Taker plays it so well, always bringing new elements to the character. And the best entrance in the business still strikes fear into the hearts of his opponents. I know I was one of them. And I think that he knows exactly what to do. And it's so funny because he's even a heel now. He, he was heel last night in Minneapolis, home of Brock Lesnar. And people would say, well, Undertaker could never turn heel because he's got such respect from the fans and they love him so much. Well, it just shows true pros can manipulate the audience to do whatever they want to do. So I think that The Undertaker is still one of the most valuable characters on the show in the WWE. And... I think one of the reasons for that is he constantly, like I said earlier, he keeps himself updated, constantly reinvents himself. One time on a DVD, I called him the Madonna of pro wrestling, and that we were laughing about that. But what I mean about this is there's always something new to his character, always something new to his look, always something new to his moveset. He never just relies on his laurels and looks the same. He's been in the WWE for 25 years. So if there wasn't some updates and changes to that character, he would have been gone a long time ago. That's one of the reasons why I think uh, Y2J, Chris Jericho, can still last in the WWE. I always update the look, update the image, update the catchphrases or the moves in the ring, try and add something new so it's not just the same old, same old. And Undertaker is the best of that, much like Madonna. She always does that for years, ever since the 80s up until now. Always a new look, always something new uh, to her image, to her sound. She always keeps things current. And I'm not like the biggest Madonna fan going, oh, God, Madonna's the, the queen. I'm just saying she's somebody that can always think of that has been updating herself, changing herself. Um, and like I said, I, I did it too, even, even with the facial hair and changing of the tights and all that sort of stuff. And that way they can make a lot more action figures. They usually make an action figure for every look that you have. See? Smart marketing here, kids. Stick with me. So I wanted to go through all the different arca uh, incarnations of The Undertaker. I thought it might be kind of fun to go back down memory lane and, and remember all the different uh, things that Undertaker has done over the years. So he started out... Uh, in November of 1990, Undertaker came into the WWE, and that's when he was kind of like the, the mortician, the Western mortician, like an old Western, old cowboy look with the big flat hat and the big scarf, and he had uh, the purple makeup. That's kind of when the casket match started, and he brought in uh, Brother Love was his original manager. Then he switched over to Paul Bearer uh, when he was the Western mortician. And then he switched over to the dead man, got rid of the hat, for a while and just went with the kind of the purple the leggings and the purple gloves and that's when he had the super long hair and he kind of dumped the the makeup but i remember when he first came out in 1990 i remember i was still watching wrestling as a fan even though i think i might have been in the business at that point but very early on i might have been in the business for about a month or so and they would show him come to the ring and they show kids like crying or scared and that's he's got that reputation now not to mention the undertaker is the fawns of the WWE locker room like he is the king he's the coolest guy he's the funnest guy to be around he's he's old school man all the way across the board so he's he commands respect and he's earned it from every single person so you might call him the dead man or the phenom 
or the Madonna of pro wrestling. I call them the Fonz. And I spent one night in Tokyo, uh, about three hours I spent hanging out with them. And we uh, we were in another world that night. And I uh, I was trying to get him to let me kiss him on the lips. And he would not let me kiss him on the lips. But then he finally acquiesced and let me kiss him on the cheek. So, uh, yeah, that was my activity that night. I got to kiss Undertaker on the cheek. So there you go. So Dead Man came in. And that was uh, 1994. And that's when he was facing the fake Undertaker who was uh, Brian Lee, guy came right from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I used to hang out with Brian in Smoky Mountain, and then he went to the WWE to be the fake Undertaker. And then he went on to get revenge on Yokozuna, who he had killed off the previous Undertaker at the Royal Rumble when he killed him, and Undertaker ascended into the heavens, and he was entombed into a, a casket. So there you go. Uh, you got to love those early days of the WWE, kind of still the cartoon era. So, um, and that's also King Mabel smashed his face and left him with a legit fractured orbital bone. Remember that? And he had to wear kind of the Phantom of the Opera mask. So that was another incarnation. Then he changed to the Lord of Darkness uh, after he was buried alive by the Executioner, who was Terry Funk. Then he was reborn again, and uh, he was more black leather guy when he was the Lord of Darkness. And he had a black teardrop below his right eye with the hair combed back and wet instead of in front of his face. So that was the Lord of Darkness. Um, he was getting a little bit more evil, and he was creating lightning and starting fire by pointing his finger. So he was a real uh, real demon back then. Then uh, we turned into the Ministry of Darkness, if you remember that. That's when he had his little gang with uh, the whole, I believe, like a Midian was in there. And uh, uh, that's when uh, Viscera. That's when he became Viscera. And he also had that crazy, like, satanic goatee. And he was uh, run by Vince McMahon. Remember, Vince McMahon was the higher power at that point in time. So that's also when he was crucifying his enemies on the cross. I remember, I think he crucified uh, Stephanie. But he was very, very uh, adamant that it wasn't a cross. It was an Undertaker symbol, which kind of looked like a cross. But don't say that he was crucifying people. It was just an Undertaker single. If he, if he really wants to turn heel, he should string up Brock Lesnar on, on the Undertaker cross. That would be cool. I would love that. Then, of course, one of my favorite times for the, for the Undertaker was the American Badass. And that was when they had that Kid Rock song. Remember, it was kind of like sampled of Metallica's Sad But True. But then it went, uh, it went uh, like a rap version of Sad But True. And that's when he was coming up on the motorcycle and he was speaking as a normal human being. And he started using the last ride powerbomb, replacing the tombstone. And that was a good time. He would come to the ring on the motorcycle and ride around the ring. People love the American Badass, which was, uh, which was uh, I thought, a pretty good incarnation of, of Undertaker and smart of him to do that. Then he kind of changed to Big Evil, where I think he dropped the motorcycle because he was a baby face with the motorcycle he attacked jim ross and he was big evil and then uh i I believe that he just uh was kind of the bad heel hurting people with his big evilness (laughs) and then he was the phenom that was the official phenom that was uh in 2004 when he did that and he would start doing the sit-up at that point in time uh, he started doing well. I think he was always doing the sit up, but he he would do like a different version of the sit up. So he was uh, basically also the, the kind of the same version of, of Big Evil, but I think more of a babyface version. And then he started kind of just becoming Undertaker, where he would come back from time to time until he became the last outlaw, where he cut his hair 
and shaved, and shaved into a mohawk, and then he was just coming in like once a year, that sort of a vibe. I think probably Undertaker's last great feud was with Edge in 2008, at the same time that Jericho and HBK were doing our classic feud. You could watch Raw and see Jericho and Michaels and get a textbook uh, example of what to do during a wrestling feud, and you could go over to SmackDown and watch Edge and Undertaker and get the other textbook on how to do a, a pro wrestling feud. And Undertaker then kind of became a very sporadic performer where you'd only see him from time to time once a year at WrestleMania, and now for the first time, I believe, in three or four years, he's coming back to work at SummerSlam more intensely than ever and became a, a heel, which is something a lot of people didn't think he could do, but he's up against Brock Lesnar, who is such an ass-kicker. What's there to boo? How can Brock Lesnar be a heel? He's got Paul Heyman with him, but that's it. Brock Lesnar comes up and beats everybody up. That's a good guy. If you say you're going to beat everybody up and you do beat everybody up, there's nothing to boo. You're never a heel that makes you a baby face. That's just my credo. And now Undertaker coming back kind of as the interloper and cheating against Brock, kicking him in the balls, and also, too, coming back. What did Brock do? Beat him at WrestleMania, beat the streak. So Undertaker coming back is now a, cra- a, a, a baby. He's a crazy baby. Crazy. Baby. So... There's really no reason to boo Brock, and there's really not a lot of reason to cheer for Undertaker except for he is the Undertaker, which you love him because of his uh, you know, reputation and legacy and legend. But when he comes back and does these these uh, acts of chicanery against a very popular guy like Brock Lesnar, people are going to rebel and they're going to start booing him, and that's exactly what they're doing. So whether he's called the Phenom, Dead Man, Man from the Dark Side, Grim Reaper, the Prince of Darkness, Minister of Darkness, Indestructible Force, Master of Mind Games, <gasps> Man Who Cannot Be Destroyed, Big Dog of the Yard, Conscious of the WWE, American Badass, Big Evil, Texas Red, The Red Devil, Booger Red. That was uh, Jim Ross called Undertaker that at WrestleMania 18 in reference to Undertaker's natural red hair being visible. And he was asked to refrain from using the nickname shortly after. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be called Booger Red either. The Demon of Death Valley and the last outlaw. He is the Undertaker. He is the greatest gimmick in WWE history. The biggest, the greatest big man in WWE history. One of the best workers and one of my favorite guys to work with, even though we didn't work with a lot. We did have a great match on SmackDown and our very first contest ever back in 2009. And it was so good. I put it on one of my DVDs. So go watch it. Go watch Jericho versus Taker, and then go watch uh, Jericho. Well, just go watch Jericho whenever, but specifically go watch Taker versus Lesnar at SummerSlam live only on the WWE Network. And, of course, next Tuesday as well, the final, the grand finale of Tough Enough with the final four. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, so I get asked to do the um, podcast awards, and they say, okay, uh, Norm, uh, Norm's our boss. He's like, okay, you're going to be doing it with Emily Morris. I'm like, oh, that's cool, Emily Morris. And then I meet Emily, and she's like the coolest, like funnest person, and she's here with me now today, here on my show. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited we're making this happen. I know. It's so funny. Like, it, it was, it was, we kind of got really thrown into the fire for the podcast awards. Exactly. Because usually if you do award shows, they'll write stuff for you. <laughs> 
and they didn't. So we just had to write stuff for ourselves. Exactly. I know. And and the best part was like we got there and they wrote stuff and you're like, I'm going to take care of it. And then you rewrote it. And at first I was like, how could you rewrite it an hour before? Who is this guy rewriting it? It's in his words. What if I don't like his words? I have 20 minutes to get ready and look pretty for camera. And then we got down there and we just like, it was awesome. We wung it, wing it. Wong it. And the best part was it came off like without a hitch. And then we find out halfway through that like we were in the wrong part of the stage. Oh, that was great. We ran the show. We did. And the best part was, yeah, we were over on the side, like, uh, like really far stage left. And I kept thinking like, okay, this must be for camera angles. Whatever. And then finally, like halfway through some dopey stage, you guys like, you guys are in the wrong spot. Right. Move over. It's like, you couldn't have told could, us that. That's where the teleprompter was, by the way. <laughs> we could have seen it. So then like, even though you rewrote it really well, it was, it was very. We couldn't even see the teleprompter. We couldn't see the teleprompter. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. But that was a good way to, to meet someone, just get thrown in the fire. Like, know, hey, now guys. we get to be friends now. And you are one of the, uh, if not the top sex therapists in the world today, which is so intriguing to me because the last sex therapist that anyone probably we can think of is Dr. Ruth Westheimer, yep. who's like this like 80 year old lady and you are the exact opposite, a very young, pretty lady. This is probably what a sex therapist should be. <laughs> you know? I guess so. It makes people listen. I don't know what, but I, and I share my own experiences. It's funny when I started sex with Emily 10 years ago, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I want to be the next Dr. Ruth. Like who else is doing what she's doing? She's right. 80. And so, yeah, I'd like to think I've I've sort of taken that, you know, taken to the next level or taken over, her, you know, followed in her footsteps. If well, you it's will, like, but it's, it's like I said, if you're going to go to a personal trainer, like I want to, I'm going to go pick the one that's like buff, right? right? I'm not going to pick kind of like the chunky guy. If I want to get sex advice, I'm going to go to you over Dr. Ruth. Right. Cause you know, I'm probably, you know, getting laid, having sex, trying <laughs> things out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Dr. Ruth could be getting laid as well. I just don't want to so think true. about it. I don't mean, exactly. So if it, it you know, I don't know what people do with guys when they listen to my show. Maybe they're, you know, who knows what they're thinking, but I'm giving really good advice. And if they want, do you have a big, uh, male fan base? I do. You know, it's funny when my fo- when my show first started 10 years ago, it was a podcast. When po- first year podcasting was starting, so I always we, I did have more male listeners. It was mostly men because I b- believe that men are the early adop- adopters of new technology. They were the ones listening to podcasts, and then my show got put on Free FM, which is like an FM talk station, and that was all men. So for a long time, it was mostly men, and it sucks. But then now it's kind of like, I'd say it's about sixty five men, thirty five women. So it's kind of everybody because I always feel like I'm like the the guy's guy and the girl's girl and I had like to help everybody with their well, when issues. When you first start, like you said, like one of the first podcasts, like I remember listening probably in the late 80s to Loveline, which mm-hmm. is a I'm show also, that you yep, do. I co-host on Thursday nights. All, yeah, you're very, very much involved in that. And it was uh, uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Now, listening to this like in the late 80s, early 90s, like, talk, like sex talk and people calling, like you had never heard anything like this before. It was like taboo talk. Exactly. You know, and now it's become a pretty much of a really open thing. Yep. Which is great because everybody is really much more open to it, much more accepting. Um, I feel that it's funny though. Like it's, even in the last ten years, I've been doing it. People seem to be much more open and accepting about it, and even like the business of it, people are willing to get on board with. You know, when you talk about like, the business or advertisers, they're like, "Yeah, I get it. It's sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a doctorate, but you know, so maybe that helps a little legitimize legitimize it. But also, people are just they're cooler about it and they're open and they want to talk about it, and there isn't as sh- as much shame. And it's funny because also when I started, who we were like, who's going to want to come on your show and talk about it? And I found everybody. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Like, very rarely people are like, no. People are like, yeah, I'll come on. I have questions. I want to talk about it. I want to share my experiences. Because that's how it started. I was like just interviewing people about their experiences around sex because I felt, well, we all learn from each other. And then eventually I, you know, kind of became the expert 
got my mm-hmm. doctorate and stuff like that. But I think that there is, there are no, there really are not great places for people to learn about sex, especially young kids today. And they're mostly learning from porn. Mm. So I hope that they, you know, I mean, a lot of them do turn in, you know, oh, listen to my podcast, but I mean, to learn from porn, nothing wrong with porn, but like, really, that's not technically how you should be having sex. That's kind of more the show business version of, of what sex right. is, correct? Exactly. Right. So, like, when we were kids, you would learn uh, from some musty old textbook, you know, the human body, and it freaks you out. Yeah. Exactly. Like, my son just had the preliminary, uh, I'm not going to say sex talk, but he's 11, so it was the preliminary version of what you're learning about. Like how babies are made? Or? I think so. You know, he was really, really upset. You know, how your body changes, yes. I think. It makes it almost a scary thing, like like Catholic school, like, you know, you're going to go to hell, you're going to grow hair on your exactly. genitals, and it's like, I think it scares kids. It does scare kids, absolutely. And what they are teaching, so is he at a Catholic school? No, he was never oh. in Catholic school. I'm just saying like... No, you know, a lot of the Catholics, if you masturbate, something's right. wrong, and, and, and don't think about, you know, sex in this or that way, and I think a lot of people are kind of messed up by that, by by either their parents talking, not talking about it at all, just learning from their friends. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, a lot of people who do grow up with religious backgrounds are taught that if you masturbate, it's, you know, wrong, you're going to go to hell. Right. And I think what they should be teaching in schools is more about, like, masturbation is healthy, it's okay, um, it's actually healthier than having sex, use protection, you know, at certain ages. Mm-hmm. And same with, like, my nieces. It's funny because now I have nieces who are 15, 13. Oh, wow. And seven. And so finally, I talked to the 15 year old because I never had sex education. And I was even like, in school, you never no, had it? I'm nothing. Like, it was like, I don't even remember if I did. It didn't help me at all. And what I wish they would have taught me was like, it's okay to masturbate, learn your own body. I didn't know even about masturbation. So, like, a lot of women I've had on my show, whatever, in life talking to them, they're like, oh, yeah, I had an orgasm at, you know, taking a shower when I was six, or I figured it out. For whatever reason, Never occurred to me. Like, it just <laughs> never did. Like the shower head? Or yeah, whatever. the shower yeah. head. They all were like, oh, yeah, the shower head when I was seven. I'm like, you're so freaking lucky. It never happened to me. <laughs> but I wish I knew that it was about that learning your own body, learning what makes yourself feel good. So then when you do have sex, you can tell your partner what makes them feel good. But for me, I was sort of socialized that it was about pleasing the man and, like, making sure that he felt good, but not mm-hmm. necessarily about my own pleasure. So I think the more that, like, young people learn that, like, what makes them feel good, so they, especially women, they can communicate it to their partner, they'll have better sex all around. Guys already know. But <laughs> women are, like, faking it, or they're, like, not having orgasms, and they're like, oh, I'll just do it because I think he'll like me more. So that's what I tell my niece. It was, like, a 30-second sex talk. I'm like, don't do it because you think guys are going to like you. Because they're not, because you have sex with them. Figure out what makes you feel good. I'm assuming you masturbate. If you don't, you should be. And if you have any questions, call me. <laughs> it was like not bad, yeah, not a bad thanks. aunt. It's yeah. better than you know the aunt that takes you to like the school fair. Like exactly. you're actually telling no, what I know. to do. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down with it. They giggled me, so you know I had to give it. But up. what you're talking about too is not just necessarily um, with young people. It's probably oh. with with most people not really knowing what to do. Exactly. Or... Well, here's the thing. Mo- yeah, and most of my listeners are not teens. They're actually. God, my age range is probably 22 to 60. It's Mm. everybody because, again, not only do we not have great sex education, but our sex life changes throughout our lifetime. You have different sex in your 20s and you did in your 30s and in your 40s. And then also people going through divorce, say, or going through, you know, who hadn't had sex with anyone else in 20 years, they want to know. So it's just really, you know, all different ages people want to know what to do sexually. So again, your body's changing after kids, lower, lower libido. Mm-hmm. And then you get in a relationship and they're like, what happened? We've been together 
two years, sex was great at the beginning, why aren't we having sex anymore? Which is probably one of the top questions I get asked. Sure, right. And I just think that people get in these relationships and they don't understand, it's like they don't prepare for it. Like, you know, the storm's coming, but they're, you know, it's almost like, like, they should, people should know that it's not, you're not always going to be in the honeymoon phase. Like, mm-hmm. it's biology. Like, you're not going to keep having the rock and sex you had the first six months. <laughs> And so it's going to change. And what's your plan for that? Like, how are you going to prioritize your sex life? Because we get into relationships and we prioritize maybe like, do you want kids? Are we going to live in the city or country? What about our 401k? But they're not like, well, what are we going to do about our sex life? Like, how are we going to keep it interesting? How are we going to keep it like growing and changing? And how are we going to talk about it? So what are some of your, uh, some of your pointers for that? Well, I think that you have to realize that variety is not only the spice of life, as they say, but it's the spice of your sex life. Mm-hmm. So you, so everything gets boring after a while. Like everything gets a little staid and old. And the things that make sex interesting is when you're mixing it up. And it could be as simple as not always having sex in the bedroom, but you know, you have sex in the living room, sex outside on your patio, sex in the hotel room. Take mm-hmm. time away from the kids if you have kids at home. Try new moves. I brought you my book. Did I give you my book? No, you did not. Okay, so and it was just because this is an, it's called Hot Sex Over Two Hundred Things You Could Try Tonight. Yeah, it's a great coffee Over table. Over Two Hundred Things book. You Can Try Tonight. Well, I know, isn't that kind of funny? I'm That's like, like, you don't sting have to do level it. sex. Like if you, you just, do it in one night, I'll be really impressed. You're doing it for like four hours or something. Exactly. Along those lines. But it's like you know, you just open it to any page. You're like, oh, we have and tried this position or that position and it's really a matter of continuing to talk to your partner i always say communication is a lubrication so mm. talk to, like so if you've been in a relationship you're like ah it's kind of boring same old in and out if you're like hey hon have you had any fantasies like anything you've wanted to try lately like that's new and you know what what's the one thing you want to try with me see what they say and then you're like well i haven't really want to try a new sex toy or I think it'd be really fun to have a threesome, which opens up a whole nother. Oh, I'm sure. That's probably the worst thing you could do, right? What? A no. threesome or is it a good thing? Okay. Well, there's a lot. I'm just you saying, said it opens up a whole different thing. Right. Well, threesomes, maybe that wasn't the best example to start off with. But like, or I <laughs> want to bring in a new sex toy. Or I would like it if you would perform oral sex on me more. Or I'd like it to, you know, you, I feel like you never initiate sex. in the I, or Not you. You always want to say... You never want to use you in accusatory words when you're talking about sex. And you never want to have these conversations in the bedroom. But uh, let's say there's things that you're like, I, I, you might want to say, I feel like when we have sex, I'm, I'm always the one starting it, initiating it. And it would be, I think it would be so hot if one night I came home and, you know, you initiated it. Or just, and I think it should always be positive when you're having the sex talk. Start with all the stuff that you really like. That you enjoy. Because right. we're all so sensitive about sex. And so we automatically. Especially when it's something that you're not doing right. Right. That's really hard to hear. Yeah. And really, you don't even want to like dwell on that. Like if they're not using right or it's painful in the moment, you want to talk about it. But if there's something more you desire, I think you can be like, God, our sex life is, is great. I'm loving it. And I think, God, a little more oral sex in the mix would just take it, you know, send it to the roof. Because mm-hmm. whenever you start off with like, the, you know, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, no one is going to hear any of the positive or any of the suggestions you're going to say after that. So I just say, you know, dress. I mean, these might sound cliche to people, but if you're watching porn, Watch it with your partner. Find something that you both like together or go shopping at a sex toy store. Buy some toys online. Listen to my podcast together. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many things you could do because trust me, no matter what stage of a relationship you're in or even if you're just dating, you're going to want to try some new things. So you mentioned it a couple times, porn. Does it bother you when people watch porn? No. Okay. That should be a good thing. uh, Yeah. I have no problem with porn at all. I just think that porn is problematic if that's how you're technically learning how to sex. Because mm-hmm. I'm watching it going, 
that's hot. He's banging her. She's having a wild screaming orgasm, but he's nowhere near her clitoris. So, like, what the hell is happening here? He's pounding away at her. That's not real. Technically, that is not real. But if you get turned on by it, that's that's amazing. And couples can. There's like female friendly porn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff. There's like, all types. Granny all porn. Type, granny porn. Whatever you're into. Little people. My porn. only problem with porn too, though, is that. And number two is that when it replaces. The sex that you're having, because a lot of men, you see a lot more addiction, porn, like addiction, if you believe in that, or just people becoming obsessed with porn, especially men, and they keep raising the bar. Mm -hmm. So they're like, that was really shocking. Now I'm going to take it to this level, to the point where they're watching it so much and shocking themselves with the things that they're watching that they can't even get excited by their partner anymore mm-hmm. because you know your your brain changes it starts to adapt to these new sensations that are sort of shocking and different so i think if you find yourself watching too much and then stop like i have a lot of guy friends who are like i just had to stop because i couldn't get it up for my partner anymore mm. i couldn't get it up when i was having regular sex it's almost like you're talking about an addiction where if you could be an addict for anything if it's porn or if it's you know, marijuana or alcohol, you take one drink, you get drunk, and then after a while, one drink doesn't do anything. Is it the right. same? You keep raising, exactly. Right. You're raising the bar, you're raising the bar, you're like, wow, that was really shocking when I was watching the threesome. Now I'm going to watch a gangbang. These are light examples. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to watch, you know, this man with a horse or whatever people say. I don't even know. And then they're like, this is weird. And why does it turn me on? And now I don't want, right? I mean, so I think it's becoming more problematic for people. But. On a basic level, most people are handling it okay. So how, you know, this is just from experience, all this stuff that you know? Or when you started your podcast, did you have this pool of information or were you just kind of open to talking about well, it? When I started it 10 years ago, it was really just, I've always been fascinated by sex and relationships because I come from a family of divorce. I didn't, in fact, my parents, I attended four of my parents' weddings when I was 25. Four? Yeah. Like between the two? Yeah, four okay. weddings. So I'm like, okay. Marriage doesn't seem, you know, I, it was never anything I wanted, but I wanted to want it and I wanted to understand it. So, and I also thought that in my mind, it seemed interesting to me that people can have sex with one person for the rest of their life. So putting these two things together, I, I and before I did my podcast, I was a documentary, documentary filmmaker and mm-hmm. I thought, well, I really love interviewing people and I really am passionate about this subject. So I invited like a bunch of people in my house to limp to my living room and I just started interviewing them, like gay, straight, married, single, like dating online and I interviewed them about their sex life, their relationship, because I thought, you know, we all learn from each other. And so at the beginning, I really wasn't the expert at all. I mean, sure, I say like, oh, I've got some hands-on experience. That was my mind. <laughs> but after like, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years, 2,000 podcasts, I've, then I was live on the radio five days a week, and I've read every sex and relationship book. And then I got my doctorate a few years ago in human sexuality. Okay. So now I'm like the- You're official. Human, I'm the official expert. So when I started, it was really just a curiosity because I thought, if I'm having these questions, there must be other people as well Mm. who want to learn about this. And I thought, I'll help myself, I'll help others. And and ever since then, it's been, you know, people... They, I have listeners who've been listening for 10 years and every day people are discovering it. And they... I know... I hear... I get hundreds of emails a day from people asking questions. And my podcast is a lot of that. I mean, I have... With guests, you're going to be on my show soon. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of them, I just answer emails from listeners helping them. And so... And I get emails every day from people like, you've changed my life, my sex life. Thank you. And that's why I do it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. People weren't as open about sex and their sexual experiences back then, not like they are today. I mean, I've done Loveline quite a few times. You go on as a guest and you kind of listen to people's questions and problems and give your advice. And some of the call-ins are just really, really weird and wacky stuff. Right. And I'm sure you have to deal with that all the time. Yes, all the time. You know, I remember the one uh, that actually Mike Hollywood showed me. Some guy was talking about how he would uh, eat his own uh, semen. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, we've heard it all. And it's like, what? And you go there and there's actually all these recipes on how to cook with that. Exactly. And I'd never heard of that before. I'm like, how much weird stuff have you guys heard over the years? A lot of it. And it's so funny because I almost feel like I'm desensitized now because I get asked that question. Like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever heard? And I honestly like, yeah, there's love line. You get some weird stuff. I don't think I get anything that really shocks me anymore or that's really that 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 out there I don't maybe they don't email maybe it doesn't get through my filter I don't know but most of the questions are about like how do I you know please my partner but a lot of guys want to know is she having orgasms why can't she have orgasms during intercourse how do I please her better um is my penis too small is it too big? Why am I premature ejaculating? And women want to know why can't I orgasm during intercourse? Because it's only like 30% of women actually can. Like, so you're totally normal if you can't have an orgasm during intercourse. But I try to teach them how because there's ways you can, you know, Well, so, learn. so a couple of things that you brought up. So how do you know if a girl is having a real orgasm? Is there or a way to tell? If she's faking it? If she's faking it? God, there's, we're such good fakers, women. I never fake anymore. Um, <laughs> anymore. I can't. If I yeah. fake, I'd just, I'd just have to hang on my hat. Um, it's almost like false advertising if you fake. Right? You're not allowed exactly. to. Exactly. No, like, but I think, I mean, they say, like, if her face is flushed, you know, or her toes curling, is her, you know, heart rate, you know, quickening, you know, and body parts change. So, I mean, her, like, is she becoming more engorged? Is her clitoris expanding? But really, are you going to take time and, like, hey, babe, let me check. How's your clitoris? Did it get bigger? You get the so state It's kind of hard to here. tell. It's yeah. kind of hard to tell. Yeah, women are, you know, so hopefully they're not because you are. I mean, a great thing to do is, is foreplay. I mean, foreplay, you always hear about it, and guys are like, really? The foreplay talk? It's not just a suggestion, it's a requirement. It's a thing. Women, we, we are slow cookers like men are frying pans like you guys are like i'm so turned on i'm ready to go and we're like wait i'm so not turned on right now i don't even know you came in the room let's do a little like turn on foreplay oral sex do some sex toys together don't be ashamed of that they're for guys who are freaked out by toys i mean they don't have to be phallic they're not necessarily bigger than you they're like there's like little tiny vibrators that like feel great on a woman's clitoris because your penis no matter how great it is probably isn't giving her because that's a big problem for women during intercourse like they just don't get enough clitoral stimulation mm-hmm. so you could go down in her you could use a vibrator in your tongue or just use a vibrator during intercourse and she'll you know probably get there just really go right quickly away. So, yeah. so, that, so that's like you're talking about the sex toys so there's a lot of different types like what other types toys. Of, of toys you have I think you probably you might even have your own line of sex toys <laughs> Well, I have my own line of products. I do. I have a, um, and I gave you, did I give you one of my massage candles, Emily and Tony? Uh, no, but I remember that Emily and Tony, there was like uh, yeah. some lotion. Right. Sort of okay. Thing, so right? I have emilyandtony.com. Everything is at sexwithemily.com, but it's, it's a. Who is this Tony? Tony. Who is this Tony dude? Yeah. Tony's amazing. He's my business partner and he has a skincare line called Anthony's for Men, Anthony's Logistics. It's a top 
skincare line. So he knows that part of the business. And we came together and I was like, you know, we really, like, massage candles are great. They look like regular candles and they burn into this really luxurious massage oil you pour on your partner. It's really intense. So, so he knows the, the product. Yeah, but okay. it's not waxy. It's not messy. It's not sticky. It's not hot. It just like feels amazing. And I love massage for partners. Like not even like you have to be like a masseuse, but just relaxing, getting into the mindset, not jumping into sex right away. It could be a 10-minute massage, but if you light one of these candles, they're like aromatherapy, they smell amazing, and the like oil, you pour it, and then you start like rubbing all over each other. It's it's hot. <laughs> and then um, and then we made this Down Under Comfort, which is – did I give you Down Under Comfort? And um, we were on Loveline. I must have. I did. Yeah, and Catherwood it's, was using it. Yeah, oh, Catherwood uses it. Everyone uses it. It's – um. So it's a, a lot of men use talcum powder, mm-hmm. let's say, because they're, you know, on their balls, anywhere they sweat. Right. Keep things dry. And it's dry. messy. Keep right. things dry. So it's a cream that turns into a powder. It's all vegan. stays localized. It doesn't get messy. And anywhere you sweat, for women too, breasts, lower back, chafing at the gym, Mike uses it, dry mm-hmm. shampoo. It's called Down Under. People freak out. Men's Health voted it like the number one product you didn't know you needed. <laughs> and if you go to emilyandtony.com. And you use code Emily, you get 20% off. But See, there to- you go. You yeah. can tell you're a podcast expert. I know. But toys, if you also go to my website, um, God, I have so many toys that I love. I well, Tell me some of them that you have. Okay. So let's You mentioned see. the small vibrator. Okay. So my favorite vibrator, if you go to my website and you click on Good, Vi- uh, Good Vibrations, this is a great store. You click on the Good Vibes banner, it'll take you to my store that I have on their site. And it's... Um, I love the Jeju Mimi, M-I-M-I. Jeju Mimi? It's a little, it looks like a, like a uh, pebble, and you, but it's a little bigger, like a stone, but they call it pebble vibes, and you put it in your hand, and it has this like, they're rechargeable, waterproof. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, because the <laughs> worst thing colors. ever. They, yeah, they do. Okay. But the worst thing ever is like when these old vibrators used to like run out of batteries. Oh. You're like, oh, I'm about there, and then you're like. Blue balls. Blue balls, right. So um, it's great to use during intercourse. You can use it during oral sex. Like if he's going down on you, he can like put it on his mouth and like it just helps. Or you just put it, use his tongue Mm. and his, I know it helps your tongue vibrate. Your tongue can turn a vibrator. Wow. I love penis rings. You put it on your penis. They vibrate it. Okay. So there's these vibrating rings and you put it around your penis. So it feels great. So here's the other thing. Vibrations feel great for men too. Guys don't know this. It's a mm. secret. So it, you put it on your penis. It helps restrict the blood flow. So if sometimes if you get a little soft or you don't see as hard as you'd like or you come too quickly, you put it on your penis, but it also has a little vibrator on it. So when you're having sex, it's hitting your clitoris oh. in the perfect way. And the vibrations feel great on your shaft. And it's just a party. Wow, it's a party like in your pants. Party in your pants, literally. Yeah. And um, there's like, oh my God, there's so many. There's like the magic wand. There's G-spot toys, like rabbit toys that are, the rabbit has come a long way since like. What is a rabbit? A rabbit is a dual stimulation vibrator that has clitoral stimulation. Oh, I should have probably got my toys. Clitoral stimulation <laughs> and insertion. So for a lot of women, they want to have that elusive G-spot internal orgasm. But it's really hard unless they have a clitoral orgasm first. So the vi- the, the rabbit vibrators allow women to have like a blended orgasm. So it's, mm, it's a looks blended like, orgasm. It literally looks like a rabbit. So it has these little you stick it inside you, but it also these little like tentacles that touch your, like, tickle your clitoris. Mm. 
And there's all these different, like Lalo makes some great brand, makes some great rabbit vibes. Um, just go check out like my store and you'll see. And I think if you use code Emily there too, you get like 20% off. So where are you finding this stuff? Are people uh, showing it to you? Are you getting oh, it manufactured get... in Taiwan? Or oh no, they're work? not my, I actually am going to, co- oh, WeVibe. I love WeVibe vibrators too. They're a great couple. That's a toy. good, uh, that's a good uh, company. Yeah. WeVibe is amazing. If you want, they have a great couple's toy called the WeVibe 4 Plus. If you want to go off, I mean, I go off on toys forever. They send them to me. Every single because you're day, the expert now. They want me, me to try them. Right? I even have intern sex toy review on my podcast because I'm like, I can't try them all. I get every day. <laughs> I have a storage unit just filled with sex toys. I finally got a big enough office so I could close down the storage <laughs> unit, but even my house has sex toys everywhere. You have to hire. I have a Sibian, dude. They sent try. me a Sibian. Remember the Sibian from Howard Stern? All the porn stars used to like ride the Sibian. Oh, a Sibian. I didn't know that. I know. It's like a. Um, You're like super high tech. You know all this stuff. I do. This is like, like my job. What is a Sibian? Okay, so it looks like a horse saddle, not sexy, I know, oh, okay. but it is the most powerful vibrator. And you used to have porn stars on who'd like, he'd like ride my Sibian. Oh, I see. Like, and they would have the orgasms. Well, yeah, like the porn stars would have orgasm. And, that, and they've never given one away for, for free. And they sent one to me and they sent one to Nina Hartley, mm. Nina, porn star. Mm-hmm. And it's still in my garage. Like, I need some dude to come over and fix it up. Cause I'm like, <laughs> to, and every guy, they're like, I'll help you. I'm like, I'll bet you will do. But yeah. I need, like, I almost want to hire a handyman. We were thinking of doing this in my office because we do really fun videos. We have like a YouTube page and we have just tons of articles on my site and blog posts, blogs, like explaining all this stuff. I was like, wouldn't it be a fun video if I just hired a random handyman off Craigslist or something? And I was like, hi, can you help me set this up? And it's like a Sibian and see what he says. Cause it's got all these like dildos coming out of it. And it's like the most, po- it's it like sounds an like engine. a porno movie. It does sound like a porno movie. Funny. Like, hi, can you set my Sibian? Wow. So we do fun. Video. Yeah. Wow. I do, I do reviews of toys on, you know, on my, on my site and, and I have my interns do it, which is so funny because WeVibe makes this toy called the WeVibe Touch, and it's a great one for clitoral stimulation during sex, during intercourse. And she was like, Emily, I've never had multiple orgasms. I was like, never. She's like, nope. Oh, here's the other thing about sex is that people have this limiting belief that, like, because something hasn't happened to them yet sexually, it never will. Mm-hmm. So guys, maybe not as much. Maybe they're dreaming of, of a threesome still. It could still happen. <laughs> but women are like, I've never had an orgasm during intercourse, or I've never had a multiple, or I've never had a G-spot orgasm. So my intern, Lori, was like, I just haven't. I was like, well, just because you haven't doesn't mean you can't. And just be open to it. Like women, our refractory period, meaning like our ability to just orgasm again. Men takes a little bit longer to Mm -hmm. get it hard again and go. Um, We can have them. So I was like, you know, it's easier for us. I said, just just let your mind go. It could happen. Um, But just because you haven't doesn't mean you can't. So the next day, I gave her this WeVibe Touch. She came in to here, same podcast one, same studio. It was her turn, intern review. And I said, so how'd it go with the touch? This is all, like, we're doing this. Mm. She's like, Emily, I had five orgasms last night. Wow. I was like, high five. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because you got to open your mind to sex because it should be expansive. Like, you have to think of sex as something that is constantly in your life, like, growing and changing. And the things that your body can feel could blow your mind. I mean, there's Mm. we have erogenous zones that we all do that we didn't even know existed because – we think like penis, vagina, we think breasts, and that's it. But like, there's a lot of other places that can make it. And I'm sure that happens quite a bit if you're with somebody for a long time yeah. because you've done everything you think you can do. So it's probably just the same, more mechanical. Right. Rather than if you're actually trying new stuff. Or if you, if you had a different partner, quite often new things would be done. Exactly. And that's right. why people often cheat or they want new variety because they're like, I've done this all with my partner. But if you're like in your relationship with someone, yeah, I mean, that's why massage is great because 
you could even like say, okay, let's take sex off the table tonight. And you just start touching their body. And like, what if like the back of your knees like gave you like crazy orgasms or the, your toes? And mm. there's different parts that are like connected. Like your toes are connected to like the same, or your nipples and your toes. It's actually the breast orgasm is the second most common orgasm. Really? Just from touching the breasts? Yeah. But there's like the same receptors in the brain that allow you to have, a, have an orgasm. So there's just different parts of men. But once again, prostate. you have to know what this is. Not like you're not turning radio dials. No, do together. not turn the radio <laughs> dials. Do not like wash it like you're like washing your car. Don't. Some women might like it squeezed, you know. Right. Nipple clamps, the whole thing. But just with like everything sexually, spanking, choking, whatever you want to start, softer, slower. Pay attention to your partner's reaction and then, you know, keep going. But, yeah, there's so many ways to have pleasure and people are just like, this is how we do it. I come, she comes. Okay, what's on Sports Center? You know, they, <laughs> let's order pizza. Well, it's, it's, it's very much, like I said, it's very mechanical. mechanical. It's just something that you do. Okay? Yeah, right? You I mean, have you been in that sports, situation? You know? well, I mean, Long-term relationships? Well, you can be in that. You know, even like some of the things that – um, have you ever seen the movie Stripes with Bill Murray mm-hmm. the, where they play in the force field where they're super close I mean I used to do that and it's like you can really feel some cool vibe there even without even touching exactly just being right next to each other oh absolutely that, that's, that's very sensual as well so sensual I mean what if you like said okay honey we're not having sex tonight we're just gonna like see as long as we can wait let's wait as long as we can before we even like touch each other we're just mm-hmm. gonna come really close and we're just gonna like feel you know it's like tantric or something like we're yeah, gonna tantric sex right? but i don't mean like y'all have to like take a tantric course and do you know you know crazy like whatever but just like we're just gonna like breathe together and like mm. you can you can like you can get connected in that way people are being like oh i'm turning this off but no but you can like you can you can get connected just like even without touching because the energy fields and stuff or there, there is a lot of energy and chemistry yeah. You know, that's probably the most important thing. Like, you could meet a really pretty girl, a really handsome guy, right. and there's nothing there. Nothing. Or maybe you meet somebody that's not as quote unquote pretty, but there's a, a right. attraction, a chemistry. Exactly. Chemistry plays a huge part in relationships. Absolutely. I mean, it can be, for women, it's so funny though, because for guys, they always say, like, no, I decide in 30 seconds I'm going to sleep with her or not. Right? Like, you meet a mm-hmm. chick, you're like, I'd bang her, I wouldn't bang her. But well, for women, we, we don't. How, how long does it take for you as a woman? Is it take time or is it? It takes me. I need to talk to like for me. It's and for a lot of women, like the brain for women and for men, but it's, it's our largest sex organ. So if you like turn me on, like if you are Ooh, smart, that's good. your brain is your largest sex organ. Yeah. Okay. So like I talk to a guy and he's really funny and he's smart and interesting and, and we're driving. Like I'll, he'll become way more attracted to me than he was mm-hmm. like when he walked in the room. I wasn't even. I talk to my friends about this all the time. Like, we might think a guy's hot, but we're not thinking, like, I would sleep with him. I wouldn't until mm-hmm. we know, get get more information. Guys are like, I'm, I'm going to bang her. Like, that's right. it. I don't care what she says right now. I just want to sleep with well, her. you know, guys are different sexual creatures. <laughs> right. I mean, they know. might bang her once and be like, she was annoying and I didn't like her. But I'm saying as far as how we are attracted. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that every guy's like this or every woman is like this. But for us, it's just, it can be, I've definitely had men, like, I was like, oh, yeah, we're just friends. And then eventually, like, the friendship grows and mm-hmm. then you find, like, Oh, I'm really, I'm into this guy. You get to that place. Yeah, and the chemistry goes that way. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. How important is size? Emily, I need to know. You want to hear something funny is that, well, there's so many studies on this that men, 
Men worry way more about their penis size than women. <laughs> like it is, it is. I mean, there was some study that came out that said like you know seventy five percent of men think their penis is a lot smaller than it actually is. They experience it to be a lot um, smaller than average. They think it's like smaller than average. Mm-hmm. Um, and women, the same penises or the same way they think about it is like very like like women in the studies are like. They care about penis size like twenty percent of the time. Mm. That's like that's as as far as the ranking of penis size and importance is about like it's not even on the Richter because the thing is that it's not really about it's not about your penis size. It's like they always say, like it's not that the size of the ship, but it's that you know the motion of the ocean. It's not the size of your pencils, how you write your name. Right, and it's the funny <laughs> thing also is that, that for for men the the most the biggest number one questions I've get asked are that I've had more questions and I've had. You know, tens of thousands of emails, feedback at sexwithemily.com if you have questions about what do I do? My boyfriend's penis is too big. It hurts rather than it's too small mm. and it's a bummer. Right. And, I, and I'm not just saying that to make all you guys feel better. <laughs> I really get more, you know, it's like use a lot of lube, go slow for the big penis. And for the small penis, it's like it's really – women, our G-spot is two inches inside. Like it's only two inches like towards our stomach. We're, we're not as concerned about size as you are. And – you have your mouth, you have your hands. Like it's not all about the penetration. Right. So guys, just chill out about your penis. That's when you're talking about foreplay. You know, foreplay, yeah. if you can make the girl orgasm by just using your tongue. Yeah. Then you're you're golden. You're halfway there. Exactly. Doesn't matter what you do with she your penis. doesn't care if she had her orgasm. I mean, she <laughs> might. You know, you could use other. Yeah. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't trip up on that. What is like? Do you even know like 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 um, like average record? Like what's the average? Right. iPhone six. No shit. Experience that said that the average penis is, is the size of an iPhone 6. Oh, wow. Correct. Yeah. So everyone's looking at your iPhones. If you have a five, don't trip out. It's smaller. Um, yeah. Which is like, I don't know. It's like so six that's inches, 6.34 inches or something. There's probably an app for that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You can just put up and just a penis comes up there. Isn't that funny? That, I wonder what the smallest penis like. Oh, there's ever. like, oh, ask Mike Catherwood. He's like obsessed with like the micro penises that like go inside. Like they're literally are like little like, stubs. They're like going inside. Like, like a, they literally. Like, were, like, a, like yeah. an innie. Yeah, it's like an innie. Is, this, is there such a thing? Yeah, kind of. Wow. Yeah, that's a. Those are like micro penises that they call them. We, the whole websites about them. The first time I went to Japan, we got drunk on the bus and we stripped the referee down. The Japanese referee guy, which is something to do. And he had <laughs> the smallest penis I've ever seen in my life. It was Maybe he was in the pool. <laughs> he had he had a, a Catherwood uh, micro penis. So what do yeah. you, what would you do if you had that? Just go use your tongue. Yeah, if it was like, yeah, you yeah, you use your tongue, you use you don't even trip on it. You're like, "Hey babe, I'm really sorry about my small penis." Yeah, you would just use your tongue, use your hands, use the WeVibe um I talked about the WeVibe 4 Plus is it a vibrator that you can wear during sex. So it actually hits her G-spot and her clitoris and your penis will fit inside. She'll be golden. Mm-hmm. Um just I don't know, just have to, I mean honestly, just yeah, but first of all, she should always come first. So, that should be the rule. That yeah. should be your rule for sex as a guy. She comes first. Right. And there's actually a great it. book written by Ian Kerner, and it's called She Comes First. And it's all about that. That make sure that she comes, make, like whatever you got to do. You know, don't be afraid to use her toys. Don't be afraid to use your mouth, your hands, whatever you got. And then don't worry about it. So does that make you like, um, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would not subscribe to that rule. Would that make you a selfish lover? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm telling you, when we go back to sex education... I think that a lot of younger guys assume, wow, this feels awesome banging this chick. And, and, and I'm sure she's having just as much a good time as I am because I just had a killer orgasm. And women are going in their 20s are like, like, what just happened? This did not feel good or it was okay. Mm. Or maybe some women are having orgasms. But yeah, I think that guys need to learn about like 
women and what makes them feel good and and what pleases them. And a lot of guys are just not educating women aren't going to say anything then either because they're new at sex maybe and they're like oh maybe this is how it's supposed to feel i was like that i didn't know i wasn't having orgasms like i didn't have it with the shower head when i was eight mm-hmm. like i had to like experiment with my own body to figure it out but i had a lot of bad like sex that i thought was i'm like this is it is that one of your mission statements when you're talking to girls is to tell them that they need to be more vocal about what they Absolutely. want and don't want? Yeah, it is never too soon to talk about what you want in bed and what mm. you need and what you desire and i think that why I always say communication is a lubrication is because the more you talk about sex, the better sex you have. And why why wouldn't you want to tell your partner what you want to, to, to mm-hmm. make your sex life better? And why wouldn't you want to say, like, you know, you know, it'd be awesome. Like, I love our sex. Like, ah, it'd be so hot to fit your mouth on me. Or, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, just something just to, like, oh, you know, take his hand and show him, you know, don't. I mean, again, you don't want to – If the second you start criticizing a guy – or a woman about something, it's really hard to hear what comes next. So if you just guide them with their hand or, you know, listen to what she's saying or even ask, you know, hey, babe, how does this feel? I mean, it just mm-hmm. goes so good. It really gives you a lot more points in the bedroom. So you're saying that one of the basic uh, secrets to having good sex is just communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly it. It could be verbal. It could be nonverbal. Um, but it's got to happen because – you know, whether it's having, you know, and not even about, even, yes, definitely about technical stuff, but like how much sex do you want? There's so many couples or people who like want more than their partner, like mismatched libidos, and it can Mm -hmm. change over course of relationships. So rather than retreating to your room, watching porn all the time because your partner's not wanting as much sex or cheating, why not like, you know, talk to your person about it? And that Mm -hmm. helps. Communication helps everything. Helps you in the workplace, helps you in the bedroom. Is it intimidating if you're dating somebody and maybe or having sex with you? Well, I, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> I get it's, it's like you know trying to give a, a massage to a masseuse. It's like ah, it doesn't work that way. I know. No, I hate sex actually yeah. now. No, yeah. but I get asked this question. That is probably like every time I meet a guy at a party or women too. They're like, are guys really intimidated? And I used to say no because I'm like, oh, but if you know, I'm so down to earth. Like, I'm not just sex with Emily. Like, I'm I'm a cool chick. Like, I've done so many other things. But now that it's been 10 years, it literally people are like, there's sex with Emily. Are you sex with Emily? I'm like, okay. That's your name now. So, yeah. My name, like, has sex in the title. Yeah. So I think that guys might be intimidated. But I don't – I personally think that to have sex with me is not an intimidating experience because I'm – I'm not sitting there with a bullhorn going, to the left, to the right. What are you doing, asshole? A pointer. Move here. No, Move I'm there. not like that at all. But I could imagine that it would be, you know, if you asked me to, you know, fight with you, mm-hmm. wrestle, I would be intimidated. A little intimidated. Now, do you do uh, seminars and stuff like that as I well? I do. I do. I am. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Well, I, that's why I asked. Well, um, I, I actually do teach. If you're in the LA area, I teach at Hustler Hollywood once a month. And again, this is all on my website, sexwithemily.com. I just taught a sex toy workshop. Last month was an oral sex work- workshop. So you're telling people how to use yeah. the toys. Telling them. Like, last month was toys. Yeah, I, just, I showed or- them the best toy. Every month is different. And what's an oral sex workshop where you're actually oh, teaching them I how to do that? Oh, I taught blowjobs and oral sex for going down on a woman. And it was freaking killer because I people were like, oh, my God, like emailing me. Like my boyfriend was like, what did you just do? You've been giving me blowjobs for a year. Because I've got little tips and pointers. But <laughs> I'll be in New York for the Sexual Health Expo, which is going to be huge, September 19th and 20th. And it is – I'm going to be giving the keynote speech. But it's so cool because it's open to the public. There's going to be – it's a two-day uh, conference. And it will be like the top sex educators in the country flying in to teach like seminars during the day, like hour-long, like really interesting people talking about 
any question you've ever had around sex. Like, well, so how many, and people, then how many also, people will be there at something like dude, this? The one in LA had like 2,000, but it was, wasn't too, it was weird. And then we also have like showcased like all the toys I'm talking about. There's all the different just like toy manufacturers are there. And, you know, you just have these really cool workshops, like how to have a threesome, how to give better oral sex. Like anything you can think about, we'll be teaching. And I'm giving the keynote and it's going to be fun. So like, like how do you have a threesome? Like, well, it seems like that's kind of pretty. <sighs> Common fan, number one fantasy for me. Right. Common fantasies <laughs> like of threesome. Now, are you talking about threesome of, I guess it depends on the guy, two guys and a girl, two girls and a guy. Unfortunately, the guy always wants another girl. Not unfortunately. Yeah. It's usually it's, it's. Two guys next... and a girl would be kind of weird for me at least. I right. Wouldn't really no, totally. That, right. Yeah. I get that. But but that's what women would rather have. Well, of course, yeah. But if but, you're a guy like yeah, I am. Yeah, first of all, you can't speak. First, if you're if you're in a long-term relationship or any kind of relationship, you really don't want to think, babe, I want to have a threesome. Because we know what she's thinking. I'm not hot enough. I'm mm. not turning you on anymore. And you want to bang my, bang my best friend. Okay. So what you really have to do is kind of ease into it in a way that it's like, hey, babe, so, you know, what, what, again, a great tool for expanding your sexual repertoire is – Let's make a bucket list. Let's exchange them. Three things you want to try, right? And then she might be like, I want to watch porn with you. And he could be like, I want a threesome. So then you get it out there. Um, but then with the threesome part, it could also be like we were watching porn together and you say like, hey, you know, there's two. Have you ever thought about that? Being with a woman? Has that ever turned you on? And she's like, no, that grosses me out. I've mm-hmm. never wanted to do that. And you'd be like, well, why? Well, I don't think it's hot. Well, then you're kind of shit out of luck because you're never going to – you're never – you kind of have to make it – you want her to come along with you for the journey of it. Like, yeah, maybe that would be kind of hot or I would do it. But, you you know, it would have to be someone that I'm attracted to. She'd be thinking as well. And and you have to set rules ahead of time. So you don't want to just be like, hey, look, babe, I brought home this hot chick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot spring it. But if she's down for it, then, you know, you figure out a way to find a third. Well, that's the thing, too. How do you find a third? I mean, like, it's not just so easy as to right. just go find one. Yeah, like, exactly. Menage a trois, us. It depends where really you live. Mm-hmm. Um, like, in definitely in major cities, like, there's different... Like you swingers know, clubs or swingers something? Swingers clubs or like weird. adult friend finder or you probably know friends who have friends or maybe there's a like a distant friend who's in your friend group who you kind of – you guys are both attracted to and mm-hmm. maybe you've heard or know that she might be interested. But like in the smaller towns, people are always like, I can't find anyone. You know, again, there's there are websites. Go to your local sex toy store. There's usually like flyers up for like oh, sex workshops. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Um, you know, it's not the easiest thing, but if you want it to happen, you know, you, you can make it happen. But again, you want to kind of make it more like you guys decide this together. And then once you do decide to have one, that's a whole nother part of it. Like setting rules, like she's not sleeping over. I don't want you to have set actual penetration. Oh, okay. No making out. I mean, whatever your rules whatever are. Rules Maybe it's are. like we're having a full-on gangbang. I don't know. Mm. But you got to decide together because it can get really awkward. It can break up a relationship. Have you um, seen that happen before? Yeah. I've seen both things. I've seen it like reinvigorate a relationship and I've seen it tear it apart. Have, do you have like when you do seminars and stuff or even like on your podcast, do you have like uh, male groupies that are like kind of following you around? Not really. I I'm, I get emails a lot from yeah. guys, but I don't have groupies or stalkers that I know of. I get a lot of emails, but I don't. I don't. Not really. No. So, but, Thank but, God. But over the last while, I mean, you've become really kind of more known. You have a lot of notoriety. So when you're walking around in LA. Yeah. People come up to me and they're like, are you sex with Emily? Are you Emily? I listen to your show. And a lot of times they recognize my voice. Ah, uh, yeah. And then that's, I'm like, oh, shit, what were they just saying? Someone just recognized <laughs> it. What the fuck were they just talking about? I'll be like on the phone, like with the yeah, store, yeah, like yeah, talking yeah. down. Um, but yeah, people come up to me. And I, I actually am always really grateful when people do because being a podcaster, sitting in a room and mm-hmm. I, I don't, now I'm doing more public speaking, but I, I really don't meet many of my listeners. So I'm always like, 
Thank you for listening. I'm so I give him a hug. Thanks for saying hi. I'm like I love it. I love that you, you know, that you listen. Thank you. Have you had other celebrities come up to you and say, "Oh, you're second with Emily"? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've had some people some say that. Yeah, yeah, I do. How do you like working uh, with Dr. Drew when you love, do love it? Line? Yeah, it's awesome. He he is amazing. And at first, it was you know that was the show that I was like really looking up to when I started, and then I'm so honored to get to be like a guest co-host every Thursday night and. Yeah, I love you. We don't always agree on things. Like he's like threesomes will rip apart your relationship. Anal sex is the word, you know. Ter- he says threesomes will rip apart. Tear apart any okay. relationship. And anal and sex is not good. Bad. And, you know, you have to do it right. Use lots of lube. Um, but as far as like we get along, so we're we're super tight. I mean, we we've become really good friends, and I really admire him and his Was work. Is he kind of like almost a mentor to you in a way? Yeah, or? yeah, in a lot of ways, he has mm. been. And at first, I was like, what the hell am I going to say that he? It was intimidating, <laughs> yeah. you know. But we. It all flows. I think that the three of us have really good chemistry on the air. So, yeah, it's great. I love um, when I've done the show in the past, watching how he works. Because he sits in the corner and just messes around on his phone. He's on his phone. Right. Phone, 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 phone. He's even (laughs) listening. Right. And then someone will say something. I remember the one time it was... um, you know, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'd like to drink my own pee or something. Right. Like, I'm, you know, I'm living on the streets. And he's like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What'd you say? <laughs> I live on the streets. Tell me about this. But that's not what I'm – no, no, no. I want to hear about the living on the streets. And he was kind of analyzing the reason why this guy was doing this is because he lived on the streets and was kicked out by his parents. And right. it seems like he's listening for the one – yeah, he nails it. Like he, in two minutes, because again, you can't keep people on for for an entire therapy session. Right? Right. It's a boring show, and you can't do a full analysis. But Drew, like, he'll nail it in a minute. I'll be like, I know exactly what the issue is. But at what age exactly were you abused, or whatever? You know, <laughs> he figures it out. And he's, oh my God, he's his mind. I mean, he's amazing. And he also, Drew does so many different things. He's got like radio show. He's got his HLN show. He's got his. He's got a podcast that does really well. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a world. But, and, but you're kind of following in his footsteps with that. Yeah, I, I mean, do a lot of different things. Tell us some like podcasts. Okay, what do I have? I know I wrote some things down. <laughs> I, no, I did not for here. I was actually on Patty Stinger's podcast yesterday, Millionaire Matchmaker, and I forget to mention things. Like I don't know what. What are these notes you got? Are those all your projects? No, this oh. is like notes from just like my sixteen meetings today. Um, oh my gosh! I know. What do I have? I think I talk. I mean, I've got my podcast. So subscribe on iTunes or use Podcast One app to listen, which is a great way to listen on your phone. People, how do people listen to podcasts? People, I think that people. It's so funny. Like, podcasting is so popular now that people are like, I don't get it. What is it? How do I listen? I'm like, it's so goddamn easy. Download an app But for it free. must have been even harder 10 years ago oh when you first God. started. Yeah. Like, how did you even get involved in podcasting when it didn't it even didn't really exist? It didn't even exist 10 years ago. I was um, – I really – I had an intern at the time. She was an intern on my documentary, and and I was like, I really want to do, like, a sex documentary. She's like, why don't we do a podcast? I'm like, what the hell is that? And she's like – it's this thing. We'll hire an audio. And then on Craigslist, I found an audio engineer. And really, at the time, I was just like, I didn't even try to explain to you. It was much harder then. Where but now you, it's so goddamn and where, easy. And where were you putting it out? Like how, 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 iTunes. Just on iTunes? Yeah, on iTunes. You just RSS feed. And then people – it became popular on its own. And then probably a sex in the title. Six months yeah. later, I got a live show on CBS Radio in San Francisco because they liked my podcast. And it was an FM talk station called Free FM, which they had different cities. And I was mm-hmm. really lucky, like – when the hell does that happen? And then I started taking callers and, and then it just has grown from there. And so I've got like my book, my product line, um, what I, TV, I do a lot of different things. So when you're talking about your book, you gave me a copy of, of Hot Sex, to, over 200 things you can try tonight. Are you these, don't have to do them all tonight. Are these things that you have, um, did you look them up in the Kama Sutra or did you talk to different people or how do you find 200 things to do in the bedroom? It's, you know, it's not all sex positions, crazy Kama Sutra. I would never put everyone through that. I don't think you all need to be able to bend your legs in crazy places. But we break it into like the chapters into T's. 
So a lot of it is just like, you know, talk dirty to your partner or have a picnic with sensual foods, you know, at the beginning. And then a and picnic then, with sensual, what are sensual foods? What kind I don't of foods? No, like feed each other like strawberries or have, you know, have some wine, um, strawberries, chocolate, yeah. chocolate covered strawberries, yeah, all that kind of thing. Like just take things outside the bed. It talks about like tying your partner up. If you want to get into that, it talks about a little bit about some positions you might not have tried. I like to call them like hacks, like the hacks to like how to have mission. People are always like bumming on the missionary. I'm like, well, here's ways you can spice up the missionary. God damn it! <laughs> the missionary can feel. How do you how do you spice up the missionary? I don't want to be I don't want to be bumming on the missionary. Right, because it can be so important. You know, move your legs up. Like, oh, oh, like women. You know, throw your legs back or wrap them around his neck because it's going to oh. hit your G spot more. Or there's like the cat position where he moves up a little bit more, like a few inches um, up, and it's more of a up and down than it is a. In and out motion. It's more. It's more of like you're. He's moving up and down, than like thrusting in and out. And actually, you're going around. And it's called the cat position because women are more likely to orgasm. It's in the book. It's harder to explain. A lot it's of like pictures. A, yeah. It's, yeah. It's pictures, people. Yeah, it's like, a picture book with some text. Right. There's a couple of the girls in, the, in these pictures that have kind of the dead fish look. That's a bad thing. Oh, you never wanted the dead fish look, right? How, how do you? If let's say you have a, a, <laughs> a woman a who's lover a dead fish, she's a dead fish. How do you st- change that? God, Electronic you just gotta be like, babe, are you or... live? Yeah, exactly. Be like, what, what, what? I don't really do they, Women still do that. They just lie there. And you're like, are you here? I'm just looking at some of these pictures. and they're, they're... I didn't know any woman of the dead fish. Are you sure she's not like in the throes of ecstasy? Yeah, maybe it's just in between uh, ecstasy <laughs> throws or something. I just men wonder because like, you hear that sometimes when people say that this girl's a dead fish. Right. I have heard that. I've heard that Ben's biggest turnoff. Because you know what? The number, the key ingredient to great sex, and especially, I always say this for oral sex, is enthusiasm. But it also has to do with sex. If you think that your partner doesn't want to be doing it, doesn't want to be there, it's turn off. It's very disheartening. Yeah. You're like, do you not want to be here? Because like your eyes are in the back of your head. You're looking at your phone, whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's the equivalent of getting a tap on the on the show. Like, good job. Yeah. You know, you're nice, like, oh, nice hey, work. Really? Like, are you Terrible, in me? Right? Are you in? Did it come yeah. yet? Are yeah. You? That's bad. That is so bad. I don't know what you do if you're with someone who's under. You got to be like, babe. You seem like you didn't even move. Like, were you, is something wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, are you, you know, don't <laughs> yeah, slap exactly. her, but like, are you awake? But just really feel s- stupid. Yeah. I don't know. know. I mean, women who do that, I don't know, maybe they're insecure about their bodies, uncomfortable, not enjoying it. They need to have the talk. How they're did not- the talk, yeah, your talk. How did you uh, lose your virginity? I law. I was 17 mm-hmm. and I was, I was kind of a prude, to be honest, believe it or not. I was 17. I'd been dating a football player in my high school, oh, very traditional Midwestern. Are you where are you from? Michigan. Okay. Yeah, and we had been dating for like eleven months, mm-hmm. and I was holding out. And then finally, one night, we just did it, and it wasn't as good as you think. It's, it's the first time ever that not good. good, right? Yeah. yeah. For, the first time for me was I was in Mexico, and I actually made it till I was like twenty-one because I set this goal for myself really? that I wasn't going to. Why? I don't. I got into really got religion. into Christian metal. Not even religion, but, but Christian rock. Okay. And I was really into like this band called Striper and this band called Baron Cross. And I was like, I'm going to be like them. I'm not going to. Well, they probably were having sex, but <laughs> right. Well, you believed it. But it yes, worked in your young you know, mind. Yeah. So, and finally, uh, I started working in Mexico City. Sorry, in Monterey, Mexico, wrestling. And I met this uh, Tecate beer girl, which is like kind of a Bud Light girl. Right. And super hot. Her name is Raquel. And I lasted probably about three seconds. <laughs> right. And I got the old tap on the back after the old. 
like, thanks for coming out, pal. And she didn't speak English, and I was like, I'm so sorry, Raquel. Right. So, Raquel, if you're listening, I can do much better now. I can probably go about nine or ten seconds. Right, exactly. Now. That's good. Nine or ten seconds. Yeah. Terrible. I but love it. But it was really embarrassing. You know, it feels like Fast Times at Ridgemont High when Damone bangs Jennifer Jason Leigh. Right. Like, oh, my God. Done. Every guy, that's so common because they're so psyched to be finally right. getting sex. You know, in, in your head, you're seeing yourself, like, hanging ten right in the pipeline, and in reality, you're falling off the surfboard How right the hell away. are you supposed to know the first time you do anything? How do you know? You don't know. It's How do you prepare kids for that? Well, I was just, you know, again, figure out what makes yourself feel good. And if you have eject, well, guys don't know because even if they last longer during masturbation, they might come really quickly. So mm-hmm. there's ways to like right, when you're train actually, your body to. You can practice, but when you actually get in the game, when things are different. get in the game, if you find though that you're like a chronic, like you premature ejaculate all the time, there's a lot. You could buy a flashlight. A flashlight. Do you know what that is? Uh, that's kind of like it's a, the male masturbation sleeve. Oh, ba- basically a, a rubber a ma- vagina. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I had Asa Akira on the show. I think she has her own flashlight. She does. Yeah. She does have her own flashlight. She explained that to me. Yeah, it's a male masturbation sleeve. They have one called the Stamina Training Unit that helps men practice lasting longer because you actually, when you use it, which, okay, here's the thing about the flashlight. People are like, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, no, no, no. It actually. Men have their hands. That's it. We mm-hmm. have like a thousands of toys we could use. And for men, it just mix it up. It feels like I have a lot of guys who are like, oh my God, it feels better than sex. <laughs> and and you can also train your body to last longer. If you go on my website, also I have a flashlight banner. You can click on it, get 10% off or something if you use code. You're getting a lot of deals today. Dude, I know. This is what I do. I, I want to invent like a hand, like like a robotic hand on, on a on a, on a a like a, uh, lever and it just goes <laughs> up and down. And it's got a velvet glove on it. It's just like, wah, 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 like that sort of a thing. That's kind of what the flashlight, but you got to move. You can have your girlfriend. It's or a move, no, but no, it's, it's on like it's on like a, a pendulum. So it's going back. It's like on a, like up and down. It just like, does it for you. Yeah, you, so you, you, slide you press there the button. Like, yeah, and it goes up and down. That's not a bad idea. You should invent that for the. I flashlight. should try that. I can't believe they don't have that, and I'm actually thinking. I can do sell that. it to Emily and, and Tony. Yeah, dot, exactly. Dot com. We should talk offline about this. I think you should totally do it. That could be your million dollar the, deal. The Jericho jerk off junction. Jericho jerk. Jericho's jerk off junction. Alliteration is Come on down brilliant. to Jericho's jerk off junction. Forget everything else wah, you're wah, doing. Wah, wah. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You got you got to think outside the box. Like you said, for guys, there isn't a lot of different uh, no. options for us. Right. So try. That's the number one selling sex toy for men. There's a reason. And um, and yeah, and you can get one that if you like porn stars. I'm sure she's got her vagina molded just like a flashlight. Literally, like as us like here are like she stands there with a mold for 15 minutes and then they make one. It's like her vagina. You know what? Uh, Stormy Daniels as well. Another talk yeah. Jericho alumni. She actually showed me there was a life-size full body stormy and not talking like not rubber, like made of like flesh like plastic and like i don't know if they sell it in 10 grand a piece right. or whatever yeah, yeah, you like can actually get like a full doll. on life-size movable posable doll that seems a little creepy to me there's like, all these people and people are into everything but people are really some like, people are into those dolls but even the flashlight seems weird to me i, I know. know but if you know. but if i gave you i wish do i what am i trying if i gave you one it would rock your world you'd be like you know, thank you, you know thank you old, i love you emily thank you you know what the old school uh name for that is and much much uh, easier to carry it's called the beat sock and that's where you just you know use your sock use your sock with yeah. some li- whatever yeah. it's, a, it's, yeah, it's old, so much uh, better it's patented material invented by nasa that is that <laughs> looks and feels like the real deal nasa's getting involved in the flashlight well, no i don't think that when nasa was inventing this material they thought hey it'll be great for <laughs> men's penises however this material and everyone's different it feels like you are in a vagina and it's tight and it's like I just I know it because every guy I've given it to, given one to, they're like, oh my god! Like, no one's been like, why did you make me buy one that sucks? That's all I'm saying. They freaking okay, blows their mind. Well, now that I found out that NASA's involved, I definitely. <laughs> no, 
now they've got credibility. I You're like, throw better, away that freaking sock. Get rid of the beat sock. And like, guys, I got some space stuff here, right yeah, here. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. I'm getting you one. I'm sending you a whole package. There's a lot of stuff here. The, once again, it's emilyandtony.com yeah. for all of your toy needs. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it's great to talk to you. I want to ask you one last question. Sure. Thanks. What is your favorite position? Um, does oral sex count when someone performing oral sex? I mean, no, that, that I, I, it's funny because Patty Singer asked the millionaire matchmaker asked me that yesterday. My favorite position, I don't have a favorite position because I actually, I really like mixing things up. Like I like being on top sometimes, like mm-hmm. being on bottom, doggy. I'm like open. Just whatever. Because you know your everything favorite position? too. My favorite position, um... It's okay if it's missionary. Kind of like, but it's not just normal missionary. I like a missionary with one leg kind of pulled up really high. Like, like kind of like, like oh, a run, like a run, no, mine, like runner's lunge. Runner's oh. lunge. Like pull the leg over, like, <laughs> maybe it's my own, it's my own special invention. I love it. Invention. You made a Jericho yeah, sex move. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's a, the Jericho sex move. I love it. Yeah, Along the, with your crank. Yeah, the, 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 the triple J right. is what we're calling it. Exactly. Jericho, Jackoff, Junction. This is uh, brilliant. It's, we we can really make some money here. here. We really, we're changing the world, uh, if nothing else. One orgasm else. at a time. <laughs> One orgasm at a time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Sex with Emily's Dr. Emily Morris. What a great guest. So many interesting uh, facts and figures about sex. Man, I, I thought it was a lot easier than that. There's a lot of things you got to pay attention to. Emily's going to help you through it, though. You can get new episodes of her podcast every Tuesday and Friday at podcastone.com and iTunes. You can also find more advice on your website, along with great sex, dating, and relationship tips, her podcasts. Everything's available, sexwithemily.com. All those sex toys that she was talking about, you can find the links there as well. And you can see her in person in New York City at the Sexual Health Expo on September 19th. 20th. As for where you can see me in person, hi, there's still a couple dates left on the Y2J Summer WWE Tour, including August 21st, this Friday in Bridgeport, Connecticut, August 29th in San Juan, Puerto Rico, August 30th in Tallahassee, Florida, and then it's over. But the good news is, two weeks later, the Y2J WWE Fall Tour begins. September 11th, Edmonton, 12th, Calgary, 25, Toronto, 26, Syracuse, 27, Rochester, October 2nd is Trenton, New Jersey. October 3rd, the Y2J 25th anniversary at New York City, Madison Square Garden. Then there's been a little bit of a change. October 8th, 9th, and 10th, I'm going to be in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I'm not going to be in Worcester or St. Louis or Bloomington. Those are gone. Saudi Arabia is in. And then I go to Mexico, 16th, 17th, and 18th. And then we head to Jamaica with Kiss on the amazing Kiss Cruise. October 30th with Fozzie. Then the Cinderblock Party Tour continues in the UK and Europe starting November 13th in Rotterdam with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho. We're going all the way through Vienna, Hamburg, Berlin, Cologne, heading to France, Luxembourg. Then we're heading over to the UK, Reading, London, Manchester, South. Southampton, Birmingham, Newcastle, Nottingham, Sheffield, Wales. I got the Wales Comic Con. So many dates and facts and figures. Go to FozzyRock.com for all the cities and venues for the Fozzy Tour, all the VIP uh, opportunities. Come meet us. Come hang out with us. Come rock with us. Also, check me out at I Am Jericho to find out all the things that are going on. And also, thanks to you guys for being here who download this show twice a week for free. And we're able to do it for free thanks to the sponsors that are so amazing. Uber, Recovery Max, which you can get at drugstore.com. Don't forget that will help you get rid of your aches and pains after every walkout. Then you got to go watch TNT's Public Morals by Ed Burns. That premieres Tuesday, August 25th. And of course, thanks to Amazon. 
easiest way to support this show. You can buy anything you want. You can even do your grocery shopping on Amazon. You can get anything that you want to do. And if you go do that, go to podcastone.com. Click on the Supporter Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada. A. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show. So we keep doing this view for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden challenges. You just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Supporter Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page, you wagey, then hit Talk is Jericho, and you go buy whatever you want. All right, thanks to Emily Morse. Thanks to you for being here on Friday. The Tough Enough Final Four will be here. I'm excited to talk to all of them, two guys, two girls, and we're going to find out who's going to be the winners of those $250 million contracts. The show has been amazing. One more episode to go, but lots more episodes of Talk is Jericho to go, hopefully for the end to the end of time. That's how long I want to do this show for, uh, for the end of time, okay? But starting for now, we'll see you on Friday. All right, yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 